This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Associated Press. Back in 2008, Harris Moore escaped from a halfway house, serving a three-year term for burglaries. Since then, he has been suspected of stealing planes, boats, cars, breaking into homes and businesses, some calling him the Barefoot Bandit. Authorities weren't entirely sure where Colton went after he crash-landed, but they soon suspected him in a rash of burglaries that not only saw more homes being robbed on the island, but almost half a dozen stores, another boat, and another plane. He stole the second plane on September 11, 2009, from the Friday Harbor Airport, located northwest of Kameno Island. The $500,000 Cirrus SR-22 was a more advanced aircraft than the Cessna he had flown and crashed almost half a year earlier. Once in the air, the 18-year-old flew the short distance south to Orcas Island Airport, the same place that he had stolen the first plane. The big difference with this flight was that he had done it at night. He somehow managed to not only find the tiny island airport with few visual references to rely on, but actually landed the aircraft with little damage. According to the airport manager, the landing resulted in a broken runway light, but the plane itself was still flyable. The following night, Colton was spotted by a police officer in a nearby town. The officer gave chase, and like every time before, Colton vanished into the woods. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to this episode of True. Over the following two weeks, Colton headed north toward the Canadian border. He used a stolen boat to get most of the way there, and after crossing the border into the province of British Columbia, he headed toward the small town of Creston. Police believe he stole a car and drove to the interior of BC. Breaking into the hangars at the local airport in Creston was easy, but he ended up walking back into the US when he couldn't find the right plane to steal. Not one to give up on his mission to fly again, he drove 45 minutes south to Bonners Ferry, Idaho, and yes, he drove there in a stolen car. On September 29th, 18 days after he stole the plane from Friday Harbor, Colton stole his third plane. This one was another Cessna 182, and unlike the last two planes, this time he couldn't find the keys. Using what authorities believe was a screwdriver, he was able to start the engine, and at first light, he was cruising down the runway. The barefoot bandit is accused of stealing Patrick Gardner's airplane right out of his hangar. There were footprints found on this side. He got into the passenger side. Gardner says Harris Moore jimmied open the door to his hangar and took off in his airplane. Just after what a witness described as a dangerous takeoff, he pointed the nose toward familiar territory, Kameno Island. Hours later, he was nearing the town of Granite Falls, Washington, about 40 miles southeast of his home and he started descending to scope out a place to land. Finding high winds and low visibility below the cloud line, he knew the landing was going to be rough. 
he probably wasn't prepared for just how hard it was actually going to be. Setting his sights on a cleared strip of forestry, and with the terrible weather whipping the plane around, he may not have noticed that he was coming in recklessly fast. He also may not have noticed that the strip of cleared trees was completely littered with tree trunks. The instant the plane touched the ground, the tree trunks smashed the wheels off and destroyed the undercarriage. The plane came to a stop within 90 feet of striking the ground, meaning that Colton experienced g-forces strong enough to easily break his neck or back. If it weren't for the airbags immediately inflating upon impact, he would most likely not have survived. Not only did he survive the crash landing that caused an estimated $340,000 in damages to the plane, but he once again walked away unscathed. Colton disappeared after that. Police believed he may have again been living in the many empty summer homes on the surrounding islands. The local sheriff was quoted saying, you could step into one of these cabins and live there for months. He's comfortable living in the woods and uh, there's a lot of places where he can uh, hide himself and he did a lot of his operations at night under the veil of darkness. I certainly would like to apprehend him. I think uh, a lot of folks would. During this time, the almost unbelievable stories of his misadventures were gaining him a bit of celebrity. One of his fans created a Facebook page dedicated to the Barefoot Bandit, reportedly attracting over 100,000 members at its peak. Colton Harris more t-shirts, songs, and million-dollar movie deals soon followed. It's got movie written all over it. You know, you can imagine the money he could make. He'd become an internet cult hero who had tens of thousands of followers on Facebook. You can't make this stuff up. This you is can't. crazy. I'd say this is like out of a movie and it's going to become a major motion picture. It's, it's an extraordinary tale of a brilliant young man who sadly went uh, off the rails. Just over four months after the crash at Granite Falls, Colton emerged from his mystery hideout ready to try it again. On February 10th, 2010, he took off in another Cirrus SR-22, stolen from another local airport. This time, a naval radar station tracked the flight closely to ensure it didn't cross into the no-fly zone set up around the Winter Olympics happening across the Canadian border in Vancouver. We're told whoever flew it came very close to the restricted flight zone set up for the Vancouver Olympics egg and used the code word and got the wrong code. You're supposed to give a code. If you don't. Anyway. But not long after takeoff, Colton landed the plane a short distance away at Orcas Island Airport. According to the airport manager, the plane was left in almost perfect condition. As soon as he landed, Colton robbed a local market of cash and food, leaving behind dozens of footprints drawn with chalk. At the front door, he wrote simply, See ya. I came in and there was large footprints, 39 of them, giant footprints, footprints. all the way around the deli. And then they kind of turned and then he was going out the side door with footprints and it said, see ya. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Over the next few months, the burglaries continued. Federal agents were brought in because so many of his crimes were being committed across state and international lines. Together with several state and local police departments, the search for Colton was intensified, ultimately with no success. We have the Border Patrol looking for him. We have the Canadian officials looking for him. We have Homeland Security, the FBI. I mean, uh, he's getting more attention in the United States than bin Laden. At one point, bounty hunters brought in to track him down. They, too, were unsuccessful. The 19-year-old had somehow managed to elude authorities and bounty hunters alike for almost two years. The, the authorities chasing him because you would go and go and go and never seem to catch him. Yeah, this is like the movie, you know, Catch, catch me, me If You, if you can. can, yes. We were always just a few steps behind uh, Colton. On May 15, 2010, Colton is seen on security video stealing a boat from a nearby island marina. He leaves it floating off Camano Island. After that, Colton starts heading south. A couple of weeks after he was captured on video at the marina, he found himself in the city of Raymond, located almost 200 miles south of Camano Island. In what's now a popular fan favorite, while there, Colton left money at an animal clinic with a note that read, Drove by, had some extra cash. Please use this money for the care of animals. Signed, Colton Harris Moore a.k.a. the Barefoot Bandit. He continued 50 miles south to where, on June 1st, he stole a $450,000 powerboat, taking it another 15 miles or so, landing in Oregon. He headed another few miles inland to a local airport, where he attempted to break into another Cessna. With no luck getting into the cockpit, he broke into a Hertz car rental and drove off in a stolen rental car. He traveled about 200 miles south and left the car near a farm. A week later, he tries to steal another plane, but fails and steals a car instead. The next few weeks would see him repeat this pattern, taking him to Wyoming, South Dakota, Illinois, Idaho, Nebraska, and Iowa. He was linked to burglaries and stolen cars in all of these states across eight states and into Canada, stealing planes, boats, stretched from British Columbia and touched at least eight U.S. states. The 19-year-old is suspected of committing more than 100 burglaries. Regional airports also continue to report signs of attempted break-ins. How many hangars did he break into? Three hangars. How many planes did he try to steal? One plane. Vehicles? Three. By this point, the FBI had deemed Colton Harris Moore the most wanted teenager in the United States and offered a $10,000 reward for any information leading to his capture. His photo was plastered on FBI Most Wanted posters and circulated to agencies across the country. But it wasn't until July 11, 2010, that authorities would find out for certain where their fugitive was hiding. His mother says it's impossible he's responsible for so many crimes. If he did everything they say he did, he'd 
have to be 60 years old. Nobody has that many hours in, in a day to do everything they say he did. A week earlier, on the 4th of July, Colton managed to successfully break into a locked hangar at Monroe County Airport in Bloomington, Indiana. He climbed into the cockpit of a Cessna 400, started the engine, and took off for what would be his longest flight yet. The 1,200-mile trip ended with a crash landing off the coast of Grand Abaco Island in the Bahamas. The landing skid path through here is about 50 yards long, and he lost a landing gear as he was making this crash landing. With the pocket GPS he used to fly down, a laptop, and a Walter PPK pistol, the same kind carried by fictional British spy James Bond, he climbed into a 44-foot speedboat and headed 40 miles to another island. From there, Colton stole another boat, this time a smaller 15-footer, and headed to Harbor Island. He arrived around midnight and was quickly spotted by a security guard as he tied up the boat. The guard alerted police right away. A couple of hours later, Colton returned to the dock, but found the 15-foot boat disabled in an effort by the security guard to keep him from leaving the island. That didn't stop him from hot-wiring a powerful speedboat and taking off. By then, it was around 2 a.m., and not only was it dark, but the tide was at its lowest. Not long after motoring away, the boat became grounded on a sandbank. Two police boats that were giving chase fired multiple shots into the boat's engine block, rendering it useless. He stole a boat from a place called Harbor Island, and he made a big mistake. He was heading out to open ocean, hot pursuit of the Bahamian authorities right behind him. He hits a sandbar, of all things. Shoot out his engine so, that, so he can't flee anymore. He puts a gun to his head. Puts a gun to his head. He puts a gun to his head. After a brief but tense standoff, police successfully talked the teenager into surrendering. Before he did, though, he threw the laptop, pistol, and GPS into the water. The items were quickly recovered and bagged as evidence. It was Sunday, July 11th, 2010, 810 days since he ran from juvenile detention. His incredible two-year crime spree was over. The barefoot bandit has been caught by Bahamian police. Colton, Colton Harris-Moore Harris was arrested on Eleuthera Island. island of Eleuthera, the Seattle teen accused of stealing cars, boats, and planes. In the morning, he was transported by plane to Nassau, the capital of the Bahamas. True to his nickname, Colton Harris Moore was barefoot when he was marched in handcuffs off a plane and into a police SUV in the Bahamas. Despite the rash of thefts and break-ins since arriving in the Bahamas, authorities only charged him with illegal entry and fined him $300. He pled guilty, paid the fine, and was deported back to the U.S. the same day. He was accompanied by federal agents to Miami, Florida, and on July 14th, appeared before a federal judge. The judge decided that Colton would face charges in Washington State first, where it all began. There was, after all, a long list of jurisdictions that wanted a piece of him. This was a very complex case in the sense that there were so many crimes committed by the defendant in so many jurisdictions. So a week later, 
on July 21st, wearing handcuffs and leg irons, he was transferred back to his home state. Now we know he's pleaded guilty to seven criminal charges ranging from bank burglary to interstate transportation of a stolen aircraft. That's probably one of the biggest ones. He's going to be sentenced at a later date. Um... On January 27, 2012, Colton was sentenced by the Federal District Court in Seattle to six and a half years in prison. About a month earlier, on December 16, 2011, Colton was found guilty by the Island County Superior Court in Washington and sentenced to over seven years in prison. Both federal and state sentences were ordered to be served jointly. Colton Harris Moore was released from prison in July 2016 and began a work release program doing low-level admin work at the office of the lawyer who represented him. Although he described himself as a pilot and airplane designer on his social media profiles, it may be a while before those fascinated by his crime spree stop describing him as the barefoot bandit. True is a production of Imperative Entertainment. This episode of True was researched and written by me. The executive producer is Jason Hoke of Imperative Entertainment. Cover art and design was created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. Comments? Questions? Get a hold of us at podcasts at imperativeentertainment.com. A huge thanks for listening and for all of your amazing reviews and ratings. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.